This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is the place where we explore everything you need to become the best possible version of you. This is Sandy Scarlatta, and today I've got some exciting news for our dedicated listeners. We've just launched our exclusive members-only portal. This is your ticket to a world of additional content designed to deepen your understanding and engagement with the Happiness Solved mission. To learn more about all of the exciting benefits, stay tuned until the end of the episode where I will explain in greater detail. For those interested now, head over to happinesssolved.supercast.com. Today is another amazing conversation, so let's get started. Megan O'Rourke, such a pleasure, and I'm so grateful to be having you here with me today. How's everything going for you? Sounds like it's great. We were talking before I hit record. <laughs> yes, I know. I feel like I already know you because it's so. Uh, our conversation has already been so natural, but I am doing so well. Uh, life is great, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. I love that you're in Nashville. I didn't realize that that's where, because I your 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 boyfriend is somebody that sends me amazing guests. He's a, he's a publicist, Zach Tepperman with yes. ZPTR. Yes. Um, so that's amazing. I didn't realize he was in Nashville. Um, love it. So you've got such an interesting story and I love that you've started a side hustle and you have a career. Tell me about how you got to that point where you went from finance and now you're this like certified holistic health coach. You know, oh yeah. Amazing. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> yes, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my I always say I'm a, I'm an, I'm a very unconventional person and my career path has been very unconventional as well. Uh, so I actually was a business owner. I opened my first franchise at the age of 22. Bought wow. a yes. Uh, I always say I got my masters in a matter of uh like 3 months because Everything that went wrong, everything that could have gone wrong in opening a business, a brick and mortar business at the age of 22 did. So it was very stressful, but very grateful uh, for the lessons that came from that. So I actually owned uh, two brick and mortar fashion boutiques here in, in the Nashville market and uh, owned them for about 10 years and actually got the opportunity. One of my uh, best clients walked into the store and basically wanted to take over the store. And wow. it wasn't for sale, but I was like, you know what? I have some other things going on. I've been doing this for 10 years. Maybe this is the sign that I've been needing to kind of really put, literally and figuratively push me out the door. I mean, that's just right there. Let me just stop you real quick because right there, do you understand? Because maybe you were so young and you're still very young, but do you understand the magnitude of being able to do that and hold on to it for 10 years? Because most businesses fail in less than five. Oh, and I almost did multiple times. <laughs> I want I know, trust me, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I this is yeah. So wow. Yeah. That's incredible very difficult. And it was a new franchise in a brand new market. I was the first one in the state of Tennessee in a brand new shopping center. I moved here about a week before grand opening, so did not know anybody. Uh, so I really had to be boots on the ground, hustle. And yeah, I, you're right. I should be more grateful for that because I don't <laughs> ever really look back and, and 
wowed by that or my, by my own accomplishment in that sense. But uh, thank you for that. <laughs> that just did put that in perspective for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So I actually, I sold that one. And then about a year later, two years later, the lovely uh, pandemic hit. <laughs> and I uh, decided to actually close my second location. Um, at that time too, I kind of, I had a relationship, a, a 10 year relationship also that I decided to end. So I closed a store, uh, ended a relationship, moved out of my house. And basically, um, I always say it was the, the best, worst thing that ever happened because it was the start of my spiritual awakening and what led me to where I am today. And I know that you're very spiritual, Sandy. Um, <laughs> if you've ever been through a spiritual awakening, it's uh, not fun. <laughs> well, Many <I'm> times. <laughs> when you're on this planet for my six decades that I have been, um, yeah, you go through multiple ones. And so put your seatbelt on because there is more to come. And, and I, I always tell everybody, when you can get to the other side of it and say this happened for me and not to me, when you can have that perspective, that is when you know that you've gone through it. And and that's it's a beautiful thing. And for the, anybody that's going through it right now, just trust me, just have trust and faith in whoever, you know, your, your source is, Buddha, Allah, God, Jesus, whoever that is, have trust and faith because you will get to that other side if you take the time. So congratulations to you because not everybody has the courage to sit in the uncomfortableness that it takes to, to grow, right? I always say in order to grow, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and the majority of people are not willing to go down that path because it's hard. It is. Yes, it is very hard. And I, I had just turned 30 and here I was in the longest relationship, a 10 year relationship, and all my friends were already married and having kids. And I was getting those questions about, you know, what, like what's going on with you. And I just, I follow my intuition and I was scared as all get out to literally restart my life over. But any, I, that's what I would say too. I mean, anybody that just feels stuck, like it's not restarting your life over. It is the most beautiful thing that you could possibly do because like you said, you're only on this earth for so many, for so many years. So no matter right. what age you're at, like it's just, if it doesn't feel right, don't stay in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really empower people to just feel their emotions, but also change them because like feel confidence in making a change for the better. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what led me into the self-discovery. And I yes, I, I felt the uh the sadness of that era of my life. And because uh, I think that's really important to do. But then I also, you know, I've always been a, a lifelong athlete and I just uh pick myself up and <laughs> put those cleats back on. I was a soccer player. Oh and, my gosh. I was like, all right, let's do this. So I went to uh, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and that just opened my mind into this whole uh, spirituality, energetics behind everything, um, finances, relationships, uh, feng shui. <laughs> I mean, literally every component and how it intertwines and uh, you know, the fact that everything happens on an energetic level be before it happens on a physical level. That's right. It really dove me down this uh, deep 
the steep path of uh, spirituality, health, wellness, um, and ultimately kind of open the door because finances is a big part of that. So did open that door to the helping clients on a, from a financial standpoint, um, but also on an energetic and health standpoint as well, because as we do know, finances do impact your health on a pretty significant level. <laughs> well, they totally do. And, you know, it's interesting because I never know how these conversations are going to go because I all of these conversations with every single guest, it's very organic and I don't show up with a bunch of questions and I don't have a plan because I want it to be that organic conversation. And I love that you brought that up because Megan, what, what many people do not understand, especially entrepreneurs and even leaders in businesses, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, just, you know, whether you're, you're in the corporate world or not, um, money is energy. That's all it is. It's just a for it's just an exchange of energy. And when you can really get that and release, because most of people, most people's money blocks, if you will, come from some sort of childhood trauma, because we learn about money from, you know, think about what your parent, you know, I used to hear money doesn't go on trees. Money's the root of all evil. You know, you, you hear that from a very young age before you most likely before you could even communicate, but you're still hearing it. And that shapes the way you view money and, and you can actually block money from, from coming to you. So what is your take on that? And, and how can you add to that conversation as somebody in the finance industry? Yeah. And I mean, quite frankly, it was something that I was very uncomfortable with. And, you know, I always say this whole world is a mirror. So I don't know for whatever reason it was, whenever I started working with my clients from the health standpoint, for some reason, we'd go through all these things, relationships, and that was a big one too that was coming up. But uh, finances was just, I mean, it was a main stressor in so many people's life. It was a big stressor in my life, quite frankly. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe that's why I too was manifesting those type of clients. Um, so I started to really get into the energetics behind money. I love to talk about money. I think that it's something that we should be talking about more frequently. And I think that's where a lot of those blockages come from is we see, you know, you should never be talking about money with your friends. You don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Uh, but no, I mean, we should want to be supporting our friends. If, if your friend just closed a huge deal, we should want to know about it and support them in that way. And I don't know where we got stuck on this conversation of, you know, being wealthy is a bad thing that should never be talked about. I mean, of course, you don't want to be out there like flashy and everything. But at the same time, I mean, it's just it's I've kind of made it my mission to help open those doors on just financial literacy in general, because I just think it's lacking because the conversation around money is lacking, which ultimately those blocks happen at the same time. So yeah. it's one big cycle. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that because, you know, you always, you know, I, I live in an area of the country, I'm in Northern Virginia and I'm in an area company, you know, outside of Washington, DC, there's a lot of money here because we have the federal government, a lot of military, but also a lot of um, high tech companies are here. You know, we're, sadly, sadly, if there, if there was some, if somebody wanted to take out the internet with a bomb, we would be hit first because of all the data centers that are surrounding me. There's one less than a half a quarter of a mile behind my house being built 
luckily there's trees and stuff, so I don't see it, but it's there. Um, but like, the thing is, is, you know, they always say, you know, old money doesn't talk about their money, but new money, you know, talks about their money. And, you know, so maybe it is a generational thing, right? And, and it is part of that, you know, like I was raised by, my parents were raised by their parents who went through the depression, right? And so there's that whole, you know, my dad would drive 15 minutes out of the way to save a dollar on light bulbs, you know, and, and that whole type of mentality, you know, finish everything on your plate because I grew up, there's starving children in Africa, you know, like that, that was, this is what I kept hearing, you know, and, and that's such an unhealthy way to, to tell children, you have to eat everything, you know, that's not healthy. Right. So, so what, what are you seeing with your clients now that you're doing, you know, you told me before you hit record, you're doing some retirement planning. Are you noticing some of that or, or is that narrative changing now with we're, we're so far removed from the, the, the area of the era of the depression? Yes, it is changing. And it's very interesting because I mean, my, my own mother works in the financial services industry and it took me a long time to have that conversation in regards to their accounts and what happens if something happens to you guys, to my parents. And I talk about this frequently with my friends and quite frankly, nobody knows where to go, who to call, what their parents actually have the bank account. Uh, you know, it's like just simple things that you should have conversations around as a family. And I'm really finding that those are still difficult conversations, which they shouldn't be. Right. But they are. They are still difficult conversations. However, like you said, a generational shift is happening. And I do feel like with the onset of TikTok and Instagram and, um, you know, even more women financial literacy. I know that girl math is kind of a thing right now. Uh, but on a serious note, I love that because girls are talking about math, which is, you know, a step in the right direction. Uh, in the past, it wasn't even a thought, you know, girls were just, you know, the husband's got the finances. Uh, so that's really where my love and passion comes from, especially with helping entrepreneurs. That's why I launched this new side business, because yes, I love the retirement planning aspect of it. I'm very passionate about it. And I love my corporate career. But then I also was like, okay, well, how do I, my, my, my passion is just a small business owner because I just see myself in, you know, all those small business owners that are starting from the grounds up. And I mean, I, it took me so long to, you know, I, I didn't really hire an accountant until like, I just had to do taxes. But other than that, I learned all my own bookkeeping. I managed, I reconciled all of that at the age of 22. That's why I say I really did get <laughs> all of my, uh, you know, certifications very quickly, if you will. Uh, but now I'm actually certified in securities. So I just, I find it fascinating. I find the energetics around money fascinating. Uh, and like you said, like if you're aware of the whole chakra system in the body, we harness the energetics of money differently in each chakra system. Yes. And so I've done a lot of research around that too, in regards to you know, if you do feel uncomfortable talking about money, like maybe we need some throat clearing. Uh, it's, you know, if you feel un ungrounded and very uneasy about money, then, you know, maybe we need to do a little bit more meditation and get your body more grounded, connect with the earth, feel grounded in who you are ultimately. Um, you know, because 
like you said, the whole like eat your vegetables and eat, or eat everything on your plate. Like we were taught at a young age that there's not, there's only like so much of something in this lifetime, whereas there's really an abundance, right? Like we're, we're just lacking that abundance mindset in all things, in all things. So um, I, I know I kind of jumped all over the place there, but I'm just very passionate about those getting rid of those limiting beliefs, um, involving finance, the conversation of finances in any way possible. And then also just to help anybody. I mean, it's, I'm obviously helping people in my corporate career, but then, you know, entrepreneurs and just getting them more acclimated and more familiar with their own books, records, and that relationship with finances from a health standpoint. Yeah. Well, everything that you're talking about is all related to abundance. And right. so, you know, it's all related. So, so what advice can you give to a small business owner or entrepreneur or somebody, you know, just in general, what is, what is the most important thing that they need to do in order to improve that relationship with money? I think the biggest thing that I see is just avoidance in general. I mean, you know, if, if, if you know, for instance, that your books and records are all over the place and you're like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. Or, oh, I'll just hire an accountant one day. Or it, you've just been avoiding in general, looking at your finances. And you, that's my number one advice is just open the bank account, open the statements. Even if you don't know what you're looking at, just get comfortable with what's actually running your business you know, and be grateful too for, you know, if you're, if you're in a great position to be able to be financially abundant, be grateful for that. And yes. I mean, that's, that's one thing I know that, you know, my boyfriend, Zach, uh, he's just such a creative mind and, you know, he has very beautiful flourished ideas and they're out there and it's made, it's what made, what has made him so successful. Uh, but I'm the more grounded one and I love talking numbers. We, we are literally opposite people, but it's been amazing because he now is more conscious of what he spends on. And, and I didn't even intentionally mean to do that just by our daily conversation and, you know, not making him feel uncomfortable for, you know, because he he's one of those guys that's like, oh, I don't, you know. I got a, I got a bookkeeper for that, I, which is amazing, but now right. he's asking the questions on his own, which is amazing. And I love that. And it's like, it makes me secretly happy inside. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's the, you know, little wins like that is just, but my biggest thing is just, just do it. Basically just find the confidence to start to understand, open your books and records, get familiar. Even if you have a bookkeeper, that's fabulous. I'm one too, happy to help you out. But have the conversation with your bookkeeper. Be like, what does this mean? Like a, a general ledger, what is that? <laughs> you know, like have, be comfortable having the conversation. And I mean, that that's the first step into having a business, I think that's gonna flourish. Because as I always say, a business that is nourished from its roots is going to flourish and expand. So if we know, you know, from the roots, from the ground up, from, you know, every small niche detail of the business on the back end, if we're familiar with it, we're comfortable with it, 
that business is going to continue to flourish with love because love is the highest, highest frequency. We all know that. And I mean, if your business is just given so much love, it's going to continue to, you know, expand in that frequency and people are going to feel that energy coming from your business and want to work with you. Oh my gosh. I love it. Everything you just said was so many golden nuggets. So thank you so much. Now you also help people. Um, and, 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 and I want to talk about this because you help people with proper eating habits. So let's just have a conversation about that because what I don't think people recognize is, you know, they, they've been, we've been hearing this. I've been hearing it my whole life. You are what you eat. It is so true. It is so true because the diet in the United States is so processed and there's so many nasty things in our food. How can people make that shift to just like the awareness? Like, you know, I think the worst thing to do is tell people to eliminate this, 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 and this, because that's not going to work because, you know, that's just coming from a place of lack and, and you're, you're, you're already walking into I have to diet. And what, what are the first three words in, in diet is die. Like people, you don't want to do it. So how can somebody from a more holistic way and positive way start to make that shift with, you know, moving in the direction of healthy eating habits? Yeah. And thank you so much for asking that, because this is actually something that I am very passionate about. Uh, and kind of that's the initial reason why I went to become a certified holistic health coach. Cause Going through high school, like I said, I, I was an athlete and I was very slender and I had some health issues of my own and I wasn't getting the answers from the doctors that I was looking for. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm a researcher. So I was like, I'm going to go and try to figure things out on my own. And I, I did have an eating disorder back then, but I realized in going through this certification that it was just simply from a, a place of not knowing a lack of understanding right. where I think a lot and how to properly properly nourish the body and so eating disorders are something that are very very near and dear to my heart because oftentimes people have them and don't even recognize they have them exactly yep so that said I I take on eating in a very different mindset I don't do any diets and I'm all about intuition. So okay. for instance, I, I don't eat meat because intuitively it doesn't sit well with my body. It doesn't make me feel good. Now right. my diet is probably 90% carbs. And when people watch me eat, I mean, I will, I will choke down a loaf of bread. I will, I, I am all about some carbs. I will, I love a good baked potato. Uh, you know, and it's so contrary to what everybody's been told. And so when they watch me eat, they're like, <laughs> what? Like I thought we're supposed to eat the protein and the vegetables and the, uh, so I, but I've never been healthier. I've never felt better. And it's because I finally got to a point of eating intuitively, listening to our body. We are intuitive beings at the basis of who we are. And so whenever everybody comes out with these fads, they might work for one person, but everybody's an individual for a reason. You know, we all That's have- right. DNA. And so that's what bothers me so much about these diet fads is that they, yeah, like you said, they, they might work for a little bit, but eventually they're going to die out and they're not going to work anymore. Uh, I also don't like people saying like classifying themselves as a vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, because I think that that puts food groups into bad and good in, in people's mind. And I don't, yep. you know, say 
I, I mean, I do consider myself plant-based, but so I'll eat seafood, but you know what? One day if I wake up and I want a steak and I, I don't want to feel guilty for eating that steak. Well, yeah, because then you're going to make yourself wrong and you're going to beat yourself up about it. Exactly. And then it's going to be the energetics of that right. food. I'm going to feel guilty. And so it's not going to be properly absorbed into my body because I just have the, the motions and the energetics around that. Uh, so it's very hard in all the clients that I had, no two clients ate the same and I never put them on a meal plan per se. Um, you know, I told them just, just be intuitive. Like when it comes to meats, like eating organic. And, and I will say, because you did point out the fact that, you know, our, our nutrition is just not what it used to be. Like that is, right. we all know that. I mean, yeah. our minerals and our fruits and vegetables are significantly less than what they were back in the day. Um, so, and obviously the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, all of that have just gotten absolutely out of control. So I will say my one biggest piece of advice is organic truly does matter. Like that is my, my one non-negotiable when it comes, especially with kids and their little growing bodies, fruits, vegetables, organic meats. It, it is so important to try to, you know, and even, the, even organic, I mean, it's still going to have some of that from the rundown and the residue of the non-organic fruits and vegetables if they're close by, but just that that's my number one. But then other than that, it's really don't put food groups in a good or bad category and also restricting yourself is another very difficult thing obviously I'm not telling you to go out and eat 12 donuts but and I'm a big I'm a big advocate of this I, they call me like the birdie because I take like little bites here and there um, I do the same thing <laughs> if I'm craving a donut I will take a bite of that donut and just really savor it and then like, okay, that was, typically that's all I needed. I just wanted a little taste. Right. But, but if you're like, no, 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 I'm not even going to have that bite. That's when people go in the spiral because that's they're right. eating themselves. And then when nobody's around or like, they're going to have not a bite, but they're going to have two full donuts. Exactly. So it's. I love this. <laughs> I love this. And I was like, when you were talking about eating intuitive, like, Ooh, so the nachos I made at 1130 last night, yeah. that was my intuition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I had Mexican last night. I had like, we had the full hole in the wall Mexican because we were craving it. We hadn't had it in a while. So I, we were right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I'm very lucky because I too, as an athlete, um, I, I kind of, I don't even know if this is a category I used to, I used to struggle with this. I don't anymore. I finally have embraced it. I was so skinny growing up and it probably was because I was a figure skater and I wasn't eating enough. I probably needed more calories every day, but you know, we had a very large family and I had three meals a day and, and what was, you know, that was it. There was never any snacking. Um, so, and I was teased and bullied about being so thin because I was really skinny when it wasn't cool to be thin. All right. And what happened was, I didn't like the attention. And so when anybody would, you know, I was constantly, even as, as much as 10 years ago, I had a woman say, oh, you know, my daughters both commented that they thought you looked anorexic. And I said, well, that I'd be the first 145 pound anorexic on the planet. 
because I'm just tall and thin and I, and I just carry it well. But I'm a hundred, I've, I've been 145 pounds for 10 years, but people, some people think I look too thin, but I'm like, you know, it is what it is. But what happened with me was like, when people would start saying that you look too thin, I would start eating and I would start trying to gain weight. And I recognize that. And I've kept 25 pounds off for 10 years and I'm just been able to embrace it. But the thing is, is that, you know, every single person, you know, we all struggle in some way, shape or form. And it's, and it really is. I, I just love, and I'm just going to reiterate that intuition, you know, pay attention. I too eat a lot of carbs. I eat a ton of carbs. I can't live without carbs. I've tried the no carb diet. I can't do it. I'm miserable. Life is too short. You have to just follow that intuition. So how can people tap into that intuition? And that before we finish up, I just, I just want to ask you that one last question, but how can people tap into that intuition and understand and recognize consciousness as, as opposed to your ego? Cause your ego is going to be like, oh yeah, those donuts are good for you. Right? Like we're not, that's not what we're talking about, right. but, but how can you, how can you tap into that? And I don't think that we would have touched on this yet, but I am a really big advocate of meditation because it literally reprograms neural pathways in the brain. And that is a really big thing when it comes to eating disorders and just being grounded in your self-awareness and knowing who you are. I mean, even if you can meditate for five minutes, I, I followed this app that I use. It's called Superhuman. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but I love it. It's There's chilling meditations. There's cooking meditations. There, it, a meditation, all it is, is just distracting the mind and bringing it back home <laughs> to you know, in, in who you are. So I think it's really understand, getting a better understanding of who you are. And then that's where the intuition in regards to just everything, including food comes from. I know that's a very broad answer, but I mean, I always say too, like if you're craving those donuts, drink a glass of water because a lot of times you're just hungry. You're just thirsty. You're just dehydrated. So look at your water intake first and then go from there. And if you're getting in plenty of water, then you take a bite. And then, but also like, if you have the donut, if you have the one donut, don't feel bad about yourself. Like shame and guilt is a very low vibrational state to be in. Way down here. <laughs> exactly. And I know, you know, all about the, the vibration <laughs> love. Uh, but yeah, it's just gonna, it's gonna keep you down there in that victim mentality, which ultimately snowballs into unhealthy eating uh, habits. So yeah, yeah. I'm get, getting a better understanding of go inside, go internally, meditate, get to know who you are. And then, you know, ask yourself like, is this, is this really the donut that I'm craving or just the act of eating or just, and you know, sometimes like we, people have hormones. So sometimes you yeah. do have the donut. It's okay. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not talking that. I love donuts. That's why they're on my mind. Uh, but yeah, just, just more conscious, mindful eating is yeah. yes. Just the, the general basis of what I'm trying to get at. Just don't eat to eat, be mindful of what you're putting in your mouth. And I love it. It'll be yeah. mindful in, ever, in other areas of your life because you feel good. And then, you know, food really is nourishment, energy for other feel good things in your life. <laughs> yeah, I love I love everything you just said. And and meditation is something that I've been doing I, since about 2007. 
and in my new membership portal that was that was uh, that is being launched but by the time this airs it'll already have been launched that's one of the things that i'm adding for my audience is guided meditations on every subject you can imagine because i love doing guided meditations and um it's something that just fills me up but i also want to just add when i was going through this journey with my with my food issues of wanting to gain weight because I was getting too much attention to me or whatever. The best advice I read is some book, I don't remember the name of it, but, and it talked about water. And I, I drink it, probably at least a gallon of water every day. It's, it's the most important thing that you can put in your body. But what I learned was, is if you're hungry, drink at least eight ounces of water and your hunger is going to go away. And the other thing was, was telling yourself, I don't need to eat right now and I'm not going to die. It's okay to feel hungry. Have a glass of water instead. But yes. I just want to throw that out there because that that's one thing that's like, it's okay to be hungry. Like, I'm not going to die right now. It's okay to be hungry, right? Yeah, it gives your cells a break. It lets them regenerate. It's, yeah. I try to think about it. I'm like, because I do, I do get very hangry. Oh, I do. Trust me. I get hangry too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I am hungry. <laughs> um, yes, you're right. I mean, if you properly nourish your body, it's okay to be hungry and yeah. let your body, you know, spend that energy elsewhere and re-nourish your skin cells and heal wounds. And uh, that's a very good point. All right. Awesome. Megan, this has been so amazing. I just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I love everything you're doing. And I just know that, you're going to be so successful with what you're doing that you're going to be like me. I just left my corporate job two months ago. And so just follow your passion, live your dream. And, you know, but if you like it, still keep doing it. That's okay too. I, it just became, a, it, it became like a drain, an energetic drain for me. So I, I had to do it to take care of myself, you know, but uh, so thank you. Thank you for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And I mean, I, I've already learned so much from you as well. So oh. <laughs> thank you. Debbie. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And as promised, I'd like to give you more details of what you can expect as a member of the Happiness Solved exclusive community. First, you'll have access to a treasure trove of extra podcast episodes. These episodes dive deeper into the topics we discuss, featuring additional expert interviews only found here. But that's not all. As a member, you'll also get access to a series of mindset training sessions. These recordings are tailored to help you understand the how and why your mindset is the most important asset you have, empowering you to achieve your personal and professional goals. And for those of you looking to find a moment of peace in your busy lives, we've got something special. Exclusive guided meditations. These sessions are crafted to help you relax, refocus, and recharge. Whether you're a meditation guru or just starting out, there's something here for everyone. Becoming a member is more than just accessing extra content. It's about joining a community of like-minded individuals, all on a journey to live life to its fullest and become the best possible version of you. So how can you join? It's simple. Go to happinesssolved.supercast.com and sign up. 
don't miss out on this opportunity to deepen your journey with us. Again, that's happinesssolved.supercast.com. And it will also be in the show, show notes. I am so grateful you're a part of our Happiness Solved family, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your continued support. Again, I am so grateful for you, and I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.